0: Block Talk Radio.
1: Warriors come out to play. Warriors come out to play. Warriors. You're listening to inside the park. Inside the, inside the, inside the,
2: inside the park. The RSV family. My usual suspects with me. Hot day for a topic. We're just gonna jump right into it. I always come to it. Family? You say family. It's not family when you know you're gonna
0: win. He's not coming out.
2: Wait, The RSV family. You're listening to Insider. The inside the inside the inside the park Show the, uh, the the only the only baseball show that can hold uh, hold Josh Hamilton inside the park. Um, I got my usual suspects here with me. We got Mike, we got Hank, and uh, fellas. I, I want to start this show off giving some praise to Josh Hamilton for what he's done. Um, the, the guy is, is batting at an insane clip. He's hitting 402 in early in the season. I already got 18 home runs, 45 RBIs. I I know we touched on his game last week, uh, after he had the four home run game. But uh this this guy guy's putting up some amazing numbers. He's been doing it all season long. Um I wanna to come to the crew with this one. Fellas so uh is there any way Josh Hamilton can hit the triple crown? Can he can he lead the league in average home runs and RBIs? Um, right now he's he's far and away leading the league in every statistical category as it relates to uh hitting. So, uh, Mike, what do you thoughts? Can Josh Hamilton uh, get this triple
1: crown thing? You know, the easy answer to that is no, because there's so many reasons to say he can't, and, uh, um, you know, he, he's got injury history, all those things. But I'm going to say, yeah, yeah, absolutely he can do it. He's in a hitters his ballpark. Um, you look at the guys that are trailing him um, in his categories, now I think Jeter's probably the biggest threat as far as average goes. But, uh yeah. Why not? You know, he's a, he's a heck of a player. If he can stay healthy, there's no reason why that he's not a legitimate threat to the Triple Crown. You know, I, I was doing some research
2: for the show, and I saw you know Hamilton's hitting 402. I saw Jeter hitting 366, and it kind of jumped out at the page at me. Do, do you think Jeter can hit up? the uh, – Continue hitting at the pace he's hitting at?
1: No, no. <laughs> Historically, no. I wouldn't say that he can. <laughs> Um, I mean this is if you think about it last year Jeter was getting old, right? He wasn't worth the contract. It's time for him to retire and now he's in three sixty six. So, uh I think he's had a a heck of a first month and a half, but um uh, you know, Jerry Jeter's about a 300, 305 hitter. I think that's where he'll end up.
2: Yeah, so so Hamilton has even more of a cushion.
1: Uh what do you think, Hank? Uh Josh
0: Hamilton's uh triple crown candidacy. are are you a believer yet? I'm not. He's had an incredible uh, month and a half. He, the thing about it is, right now, what he's doing is anything that comes close to the plate, he's just slapping all over the ballpark. But the thing about Josh Hamilton and, and Mike uh, made made a valid point about his injury history. But moreover, there are guys in the American League that just hits with hits for better average than than Josh Hamilton does, and that's the thing that uh, that, that I look at. Um, that he's going to have a problem. He's going to have to really, you know, surpass his best, uh, you know, full year batting average, which I think was right around 350 a few years ago, if I'm not mistaken. And there's guys that's doing, you know, that's that's at 354, 3, 360 almost every year. And a lot of those guys haven't got off yet. Josh Hamilton is jumping off real big now, but you've got some other guys who hit home runs that really haven't jumped off yet, you know, like, like – um, um, Bautista in Toronto, you know, and, I, and granted he's in a hitter's ballpark, but but then again, when you start looking at later in the season, you know, are they going? Are pitchers going to be pitching around him, or is he going to have a guys on base playing with Texas and the way those guys are banging out there? So, you know, there's a lot that that goes against Josh Hamilton. You know, like I said, he's been tearing the cover off the ball, but there's just some guys that, in my opinion, average wise is what's going to is what's going to hurt him.
2: Okay. I, I got to put you on the spot here, Hank. You said you think it's the average that's going to hurt him. Uh, give me, give me somebody who you think can take that uh, that lead from him. Give well, you one, know who I'm going to
0: say. You know who I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm going to say the, the the guy who led the average last year, Miguel Cabrera. The guy is a hitting machine, and and you knew I was going to say that in the first place. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
0: knew I I, I goaded you into saying that because I wanted to hear Mike's response.
1: <laughs> No, that's all right. Cabrera's a heck of a player. You're right. He's probably the most, if I go down the top 10, 15 guys, uh, Pedroia sticks out to me, Cabrera sticks out to me, and uh, and Jeter. Those are the three guys that I think are, you know, if if I had to bet who's going to do it, it would probably be one of those three guys. You know, like you guys have already touched on, it lines up perfectly for Hamilton
2: with with the ballpark that he's hitting in. Uh, It's probably one of the most hitter-friendly parks in the National League. But uh, again, you can't overlook you can't you can't overlook the guy's injury history. Um, if this is something that that Texas wants to see him make a run at, I, I think that the way to do it is to limit his games in center field. Um, he's played more than half of his games already in center field. That's a very demanding position. Uh, you got him out there diving for balls, jumping into the wall. The, the one way to kind of limit his exposure to injuries. I would say would be to play him more in left field or right field and kind of take him away from that center field spot. But I, I definitely think he can do it. Uh, just wanted wanted to bring him up because as last we aired, at the last show, uh, in that time, Hamilton's hit four home runs and nine RBIs in uh, in seven games. So I did want to definitely touch on that subject uh, for, for this week's show.
1: But, uh, uh, RJ, dude, I don't have it in front of me, but what's his bad looking like right now? Is it just crazy off the charts? Is what you know that that, Babbitt? That's a a very good question, and
2: I I don't have that in front of me, but I mean it's got to be high. I mean, hell, he's hitting four oh two. so we know (laughs) we already know it's higher than that. (laughs) And uh, and I'm sure you know you know, and a lot of our listeners may know the average Babbitt is about what three fifty. So I mean, taking that into well, it's three hundred. 300, 350, somewhere within that range. And this guy's hitting at 402, so his as as it has to be remarkably higher than that. I just grabbed this 420. So, I mean, you can most certainly bet that that's going to come down. hmm Definitely. That's an extraordinarily high number. Uh, so, but, you know, we, we touched on it. Hamilton's got to stay healthy, and I think that provides us with a perfect segue to the next topic, Um I mean, with, within a week's time, we were just on the air last Wednesday, there have been some big names that hit the, desert, uh, the DL list. Um, big names hit the list, and this could have major impacts on uh, or on, on the race, or on some games. Um, so I want to throw it to you guys and see if you think it will affect, how it will affect these guys' teams. And, and let, let's, let's start the conversation with Hank's boy, Matt Kemp. Uh, Matt Kemp went down. <laughs> With a strained hamstring, he's on the 15-day DL. I saw that he should be back around May 29th.
0: Uh, Hank, what, what does this mean, if anything, for your Dodgers? Well, you know what? It's 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 a it's it's actually a blessing actually for him. Um, it's still early in the year. If this had happened later in the year, we you would we'll probably be a little bit more concerned because to take him out in the way the, the Dodgers have been playing. You know they're they're in the midst of this thing right now, and with him going down, he didn't want to. You know they had to convince him to come down to, to go go on the DL, um, and he can you know work this thing out. And, and you know the guy just got off to such a good start. I don't think it's going to hurt them as much as it as, as it could, but you know how hamstrings are. You know they they you know they they they're real 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 funky. So um, I don't think it's as bad as it could be, only because they did get off to a good start. And they got other guys getting a good good start, and then we can really watch and see if the if the Dodgers are going to be there all year long without without Kemp being there. We'll, we'll see what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Uh, well, what, what do you say, Mike? I uh, <clears throat> I don't
1: disagree with Hank. To be honest with you, I know we've been talking about how the Dodgers are two players deep on the offense, but uh, they got a couple things going for them right now. First of all. They got the second best ERA in the National League, they're pitching lights out. So that is fantastic. They can win some one run ballgames, three to two, two to one, four three, and they'll be alright. Uh the second thing they've got going is their division's horrible right now. They they are competing against nothing and less than nothing right now. They got a five and a half game lead. If there's a time to get uh Kemp healthy, this is the time. You know, you can take a little swoon and still have a three game lead. So I think they'll be alright. Um, the bigger fear is if uh, you know he, this lingers. You know, to Hank's point, if this lingers would be a consistent problem. Then they were thin on offense before, um, and, and then I don't think they'd have enough to to make it. You know, a couple months without Kemp. I
2: guess that, that makes it three for three. I see it the exact same way. I mean, Kemp is the guy that the Dodgers can't afford to lose, but they've built such a uh, cushion in that in that division thus far. Um, that I, I don't think 15 games out will will destroy their chances in that division at all. Um, somebody's gonna have to step up, but again, it's only 15 games. To your point, if it lingers, uh, they could be looking at some trouble. But like again, this this uh, this is much ado about nothing right now. And, and it'll probably be good for Kemp to uh, rest his legs a little bit and get get some time off because he's a guy who likes to play every game. Uh, prior to his injury, I think he had the longest uh, consecutive game streak. So th- this could actually work in his favor. So th- that's it on Kemp. I don't see it as a big deal either. Um, Desmond Jennings for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Another guy, he um, injured his knee. 15 um, day DL. Tampa Bay's already lo- lost uh, Longoria for some time. Uh, th- does Jennings impact? Uh, Does Jennings' injury impact the Rays at all? What do you think, Mike?
1: You know, if uh, Longoria affects the Rays a lot, I mean, if if Jennings is who you're depending on, he's got decent numbers. I think he's more of a spark plug from a rookie perspective right now. Um, I I don't think it's a big deal just because I don't think they were depending on him to carry the lineup. They need Longoria back in that lineup, and then that team's going to be just fine. They're in first place as it is, um, so – I think they'll be okay without Jennings. Yeah, you know, um,
2: Desmond Jennings. I think you met a lot of people that don't follow the Rays may not know about Jennings, but he was one of their top prospects. And when they finally called him up, he he was torching the league. I mean, he was hitting for power. He was getting on base um, as he still does. I mean, and he has he has unbelievable speed as well. I mean, he he's kind of that guy that you know, doesn't get a lot of credit for what he does. But if you're a team who, who planning on scoring a lot of runs, you need people
1: on base to score a lot of runs. So, so they definitely need him. Yeah, to me he's a Johnny Damon type. He's a guy who doesn't carry the team, but he's a catalyst for the team. He's on base, he's scoring, he's hustling, he's stealing bases, he's making good plays in the outfield. And, and you're right, those guys don't get noticed a lot, but sometimes they're your most valuable player. Right. And, and, and then, you know, I will point out um, the past 10 games,
2: the Rays are under 500. They're actually, they're four, won four, lost six. So, um, I mean, if, if the injuries keep piling up, I, I do think that this can have a major effect on their playoff like, chances. They're, right now, they're tied for the Orioles with the Orioles for first place. But of those last 10 games, they're four for six. So, hopefully, they can get some guys healthy, but I don't think they can afford to lose many more guys. Uh, what, what about you, Hank?
0: Uh, what, what do you got to say about the uh, Tampa Bay Rays and the shot? Well, see, here's the thing, too. I think I think the most important uh, injury you need to get back is Evan Longoria. Um, again, with it just being a 15 day DL, you have to you have to see what's going on in the next couple of weeks. However, the Tampa Bay Rays are built on pitching, you know, and then, and that's another scenario where they could scratch out a couple of two to one, three to two ball games, and and what is the wild wild east right now? You know, um, you, you still have a lot to, to be seen. Uh, what's going on in that division? You've got, you've got, you, it's still flip flop for some folks. So I think they'll be all right. I don't think uh, that's the most major injury on that team. I think again, you got to get Longoria back, but I think they'll be okay over the next couple of weeks. And you're going into um, you're going into interleague play, so I think that's going to help them some as well.
2: Okay, uh, enough of these 15-day DLers. Uh, Wilson Ramos. Uh, for those who don't know, this is uh, the Nationals' catcher, the guy who was uh, kidnapped uh, and held for ransom uh, before the season. Wilson Ramos went down with a uh, with a tear to his ACL. He was their, you know, the starting catcher. Uh, hey, do you see this as a big loss for the Nationals, who are, as we speak, a half a game out of first place, and they've lost? I, I should mention that not only did they lose Ramos the next night. Their other catcher uh, went down with another injury. So they're, they have no catchers on their roster right now. Well, uh, What about this Ramos injury?
0: I think the Ramos injury is probably the most major of all, and that's because you do a handle of pitchers, and, and the uh, Nats have got a young pitching staff, and they got a couple of nice ni- nice pitchers that's, that's trying to do some work on that team, you know, with your Strasburgs and your Gonzalezs. And I think that's going to hurt them more. Than, than anything because, again, you know, the pitch, the catcher in Major League Baseball don't just, you know, catch the ball from from the, the pitcher. They actually are calling those games. And, uh, you know, it's no surprise, you know, just from a pitching standpoint and calling those games that the Nats were, you know, they're even contending, you know, with their pitching staff. That's going to hurt. I think that, you know, right now is the most significant injury that we've talked about. Yeah, you know,
2: you you hit on a key
0: point uh, that a lot of people don't really notice about catchers.
2: And that is the fact that they do handle that pitching staff. They're they're in on every play. They're calling they're calling pitches. Uh, if they don't block the plate, you know, a runner can advance a, as many bases a, as possible. Um, catching a, is a position that that gets ignored a lot, you know, by by the common fan. But defensively, even if you're not hitting, that is a position of
1: necessity and need. Um, Mike, what do you think about this Ramos injury? I'm devastated by it. I haven't got out of bed for three days yet. It's been that <laughs> devastating to me. No, you guys are absolutely right. Um, you know, he's he's not an offensive star, but he handles the uh, the pitching staff very well. Uh, Washington leads the league in ERA right now, and um, on top of that, to lose Jesus Flores on top of it um, just compounds it. So I believe uh, they got a rookie, um, uh, Sandy um, Sandy Leon. Yeah, I just looked it up. Um, coming up, and so this is the guy who's handling all your pitchers. I would look for them to make a trade for a triple-A uh, catcher, you know, someone with some big league experience, maybe one of those uh, habitual number twos out there, um, just someone who's going to be able to handle the staff. So I would look for that in the next week.
2: Yeah, they've definitely got to make a move being uh, without a catcher.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and, and last but not least, this guy's not on the DL, but he is on the restricted list. Um, his son just recently had some uh, legal issues. Uh, Tory Hunter. It, <laughs> it, it, it seems like every week we're talking about some the Angels in some form or fashion. Uh, is Tory Hunter's loss, uh, however long it is, is, is this a big deal for the Angels, or does it not even matter because of where they are in the standings
0: at this point? Uh, I'll, I'll let Hank just take a shot at this one first. You know, it's kind of funny. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Mike Trout coming up and asking the question about, you know, was he ready? And then next thing you know, Torrey Hunter is out on the restricted list. You know, sometimes some things happen, and, you know, what the, the media says and, and, and what when, what's reality is sometimes two different things. I don't think this is going to hurt at all. I think that you're right. Where the Angels are right now and to get this young man a chance to play some center field, you know, um, I think I think kind of I think works in the it actually works in the favor of the Angels if you ask me. I know Tor, Tori Hunter's a veteran and everything, and, and I think he's second on the team and hits. But again, you know, being in last place and 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 uh, not getting some production from some other people, I don't really think it matters in the grand scheme of things. And again, it's still early, so I don't think that's going to hurt the Angels. You know, it can't help them, but it's not going to hurt them. Uh, are you going to continue the love fest, Mike, and
2: uh, agree with
1: Hank? Heck no. <laughs> you know, the only reason I I'll say this is uh the Angels need somebody to kick start them. They do. Uh Torrey Hunter's historically has been a guy, he's an energy guy, you know, hustle guy. he hasn't been there the last couple of years, you know, since they signed him. But uh if they were gonna turn this around, I think he was gonna be part of that. Obviously that that starts and ends with pool holes, but uh you know, you need that veteran leadership from, from Tory Hunter, you need some good stats there. And uh, it's just, I think, the addition of, you know, what has already been a bad season for the Angels just continue going downhill. Yeah, they, they've got to
2: – I mean, it's not the end-all, be-all, but they definitely need to get Torrey Hunter back. I mean, I mean they do have depth in the outfield. I mean, they've lost the Abreu. They've lost uh, – and now they've lost Torrey Hunter, but they do still have Peter Borgis. Uh, Mike Trout and the corpse that once was known as Vernon Wells, uh, but, but but you know Torrey Hunter was, was that power guy as as Pujols wasn't pulling his was weight. Torrey Hunter is the guy, and I believe Kendry Morales is out too, as well. If, if they are going to make a move, they, they've gotta they've gotta make a move soon because otherwise this division could definitely get away with them. I mean that that Texas team is a is a freight train waiting to be caught. That's right. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's going to be a a, a a tough loss regardless. But um, that, that's it for the Around the Horn segment. Um, you know what time it is. Let's go ahead and uh, do these Dogs of the Week, fellas.
0: Now we're going to get into our Resistance Digital. Dog of the Week. Resistance Digital Solutions. Are you tired of running to the boys in blue? Are you done with listening to sales staff trying to upsell you technology that you don't need? We've all been there. So what did the real sports guys do? We contacted Resistance Digital Solutions for all our technology needs. They are not there to meet sales quotas or make profit margins. They simply just want to sell you what you need at a fair price. From iPads, to PCs, to flat screens, TVs, or intricate home theater systems, they customize every solution based on your needs. Check out their website at www.resistancedigital.com or email them at sales@resistancedigital.com at for your custom technology solutions today.
1: Dog of the Week. Who you got, Mike? I'm going to go a little different direction, but i got to keep it National League because, you know, it needs more love on this show. I'm going to go with Andrew McCutcheon, and uh, a great player. Doesn't get a lot of publicity because he plays for the Pirates, but here's another hustle guy. It's fantastic. And the last, I'd say, nine games, he's hitting uh, about 430. He's uh, OPSing way over 1,000, has three home runs, has two four-hit games in that period as well. And and uh, he, he had not hit a home run before this period, and so he's getting hot, he's putting some charge in the ball, and, uh, you know, it's pretty much him who's keeping those Pirates alive of just a little bit under five hundred, But he's a great player, and he's had a great week.
2: Definitely. You know, I think that's the first McCutcheon reference we've had on the show, and it's shame on us because that guy is a stud. And if you haven't seen him play, he's definitely worth uh, checking out. That's a good call there, Mike. Who, who you got, I try to man? add
0: what I can. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your dog of the week, Hank? You know what? I'm going with the Toronto Blue Jays. And not because of whatever what the standing is. I'm going with the Toronto Blue Jays because – What they did was sign a uh, Vladimir Guerrero Guerrero to a minor league deal. Now, this is uh, an unsung uh, player that's got Hall of Fame numbers that it would have been a shame if he didn't get a chance to at least give it one more shot this year. And so I think he's going to be with the lineup sometime in the next couple of weeks, and I look forward to seeing Vlad out there again. So the Toronto Blue Jays, for picking up that veteran, you are my dog. All
2: right. Uh I'm go I'm going with um with Bryce Harper this week. I, I don't know if you guys saw it, but th- this guy I really like the old school swagger he- he's bringing to the game. This guy um made it out, um, came back to the dugout and uh and slammed his bat. And somehow or another the bat ricocheted back into his face and he got gashed above his eye. The guy went out there and played the next inning with blood. <laughs> gushing from his face. And, and I mean, I, I know that this guy catches a lot of slack for his attitude, but I've seen nothing but hard nose play. He runs out every ground ball. It, he kicks off his helmet when he's running from first to second, a la Pete Rose. And for this guy to to gash his face and, and go out and play the next inning, blood uh, dripping down his face, that, that's old-school baseball to me. And when I see that, I, I get chills. Because right now you see guys, uh, going down
0: with a uh, bruised uh, toenail. So Bryce Harper's my dog of the week. So all you got to do to be dog of the week is hit yourself in the head with a baseball bat, and you got R.J.'s vote. So y'all, so major leaguers, y'all know what to do. Hit your head with a bat and come out and play with blood uh, pouring <laughs> out, out of the face. I, I'm sold. man, I'm all
1: in. Dude, so that's interesting. It was Bryce Harper who got old schooled by Cole Hamels last week, but was really, really old school this week because he played with blood. And, by the way, the Bryce Harper, who is not ready to be in the major leagues, all per RJ. Uh,
0: he's not ready. Definitely not ready. I mean, what's he hitting, 235? It, well, he, That's because he got blood in his eyes. That's why he's hitting 235, okay.
2: right? <laughs> I appreciate the effort. I appreciate the effort, <laughs> David. <damn it. laughs> let, let, let's keep it moving. Um, you know, I was reading this article. I sent it out to you guys because cause it definitely intrigued me. Um, and I'll give the listeners a little bit of a background on this one. Um, Right now the Oakland A's and the San Francisco Giants are in a battle. Um, They they share a market. You know, Oakland and and San Francisco are separated by a bridge, and right now the Oakland A's are playing in a dump of a stadium. Um, They they use it for baseball and football. Uh, Fans don't like coming to the park because it's old, and Oakland feels as if they can't survive In the park that they're in, they they just feel they need a new park. Um, And and the sticking point comes in in that they want to build in San Jose. Uh, San Jose is a town that, um, you know, was hit by the tech boom. There's a lot of money in that town, and Oakland has their sights on moving to San Jose. But the Giants uh, don't want Oakland to move to San Jose. The Giants uh, claim that they were given... Uh, Rights to San Jose. It's in baseball's constitution that territorially, that is San Francisco's territory. Um, thing is, and, and and the Giants owners say that when they bought the team in 1993, they did so because uh, San Jose was was part of the territory, and they thought that they could sell a lot of Giants merchandise and season tickets to San Jose residents. Oakland's uh, argument is, hey, um, we gave you guys San Jose's rights in 1990. Uh, you guys said you wanted to uh, build a stadium in San Jose, the Giants, that is, and Oakland had the rights. Oakland gave the rights to San Jose to the Giants for free of charge, and the Giants never ended up building a stadium in San Jose, but the rights were not transferred back to them. So now Oakland's left holding the bag, like, hey, we, we want to, we want to build in San Jose. You guys didn't uh, let us have the rights back, and therein lies the feud. And I don't know whose side I'm on. So I'm hoping that you two brothers can can uh, can sway me either way. Um, I know you love these big these big picture issues, Mike. So I, I'm gonna throw it to you. Where do you come out on this Oakland San Francisco stadium deal, and wh- why should I agree with you?
1: <laughs> uh, I struggled with this one too, you know, but I, what I'm down to is you either have good ownership or you have bad ownership. And Oakland has and has had bad ownership for the last, you know, I'm not quite sure where the ownership came in, but they've been a, a small market team in a major market for several, several years. They've been unwilling to spend. They've been unwilling to do upgrades at the ballpark, um, the, you know they re- they they really had to rely on Billy Bean because they weren't going to spend and so they lucked out with that. Um, having said that, I think they really cherry picked their spot. Of course, they want to go to San Jose. It's it's full of cash down there. They're gonna they're gonna give them a stadium for the most part. Um, it would be a boon to them. Um, and you know it, if the Giants, if that's been their territory, that's what they've been doing. Then I think they've got as much right to say, hey, you know we've been staking this out, we've been doing this, and if Oakland wants to move. You can move to Indianapolis, Oakland. You can move to New Orleans. You can move someplace else. The Bay Area has its team, so see you later. And if the city of Oakland doesn't want to create that space for them, well, then Oakland doesn't deserve to keep the team. Well, Oakland,
2: Oakland definitely wants to keep them. The city of Oakland is trying to um, persuade them. They've had local business owners say, hey, we'll buy the team and keep it in Oakland. I just think if uh, the A's are just really
0: trying to make this power move, uh, Hank Whose side are you on Well look You know This kind of reminds me Of uh, when When the Nationals Was trying to come back To Washington And the Baltimore ownership Was raising all kinds of hell Because they said They were too close And that That was their territory if you guys recall that Somehow Major League Baseball Intervened to make sure That that team Got back to Washington I think the same Rules The same thing Needs to happen here Now you know i think that you know ideally i i'm see i'm old school i like the I, I like the oakland A's, and i like the oakland A's being in oakland you know so you know a few years ago and and mike uh pointed to it the ownership has been bad and if they're and i think that if they have a ownership uh group that wants to buy the team or even wants to build up a stadium there that basically baseball should intervene in that you know, I you know, I, I think there is a power play. I think that if uh all is said and done and the Giants can get something uh from the A's or from Major League Baseball and t- so they can move to San Jose, I think it'll happen. You know, but I think what I what it is right now is a power play. I think that, that the Giants are trying to get something from it, you know, and I don't think that it's good for baseball for Oakland to move out of Oakland or anywhere else, but to be right there. But uh, again, I think that it's more of a power play by the Giants to get something, just as the the Orioles did when uh, Washington moved.
2: Now, are you are either of you guys swayed at all when I tell you that? Um, Oakland is actually closer um, to San Francisco than San Jose. I, I believe they moved to San Jose. They're they're actually moving an hour further away. Mm-hmm. So, really, really they're 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 moving, for, they're basically not moving closer to their to their um, competition. They're they're moving for, they're taking their game and taking it further away. Does
0: that sway your opinion at all? That's why I think it's a power play, R.J. That's why I think it's a power play because you're absolutely right. If you think about it in that regards, then that gives San Francisco the Oakland market, you know, and and, and like you said, it's right across the bridge. So. For them to raise that much hell about it, you—they're you, trying to get something from it, you know. And and if you're going to give away something, that's that's just that's just business, you know. If, if that's our territory, if, if that's what the Constitution says, I want something from it. I'm just not going to give it to you, you know. Um, so that that's my take on it. Okay, now now playing devil's advocate, Mike. Um, Oakland gave San
2: Francisco those rights for free. Should uh, San Francisco give them back for free?
1: Uh, you, <laughs> yeah, it's about money. That's all this is about. Both sides are being greedy. I, the thing is, San Francisco has built a beautiful ballpark. They got that funded. They've spent money. They have a successful ball team. And let's let's not forget now. Now, Major League Baseball does well when all teams are competitive and and put money into it. But the San Francisco Giants would not benefit one iota with a new Oakland A's ballpark or a more um, well-financed team. In fact, they would suffer because they've got to split that market. And uh, who's to say that someone who had giant fees and tickets would now go see Oakland because they got a new ballpark, they're spending a lot of money. So the, the Giants are trying to protect their investment. Um, it's not right. Eventually, Bud um, but is just going to have to make a decision here and tell them how it's going to be um, because both these guys don't want to share their toys. Exactly. Yeah, I- I, I got to call you to the covers. You jumped on me over
2: Bryce Harper, Mike. I got to I got I to gotta say that you, you're the small you're a small market guy. How can you say that Oakland is being greedy when you've seen that for some reason they can't fill that ballpark in, in, in Oakland? I mean, even when they were going to the playoffs, when they had that uh Barry Zito, Tim Hudson, uh that piece of staff, they still couldn't fill that ballpark. Something's not not right in Oakland. How can you say they're being greedy by wanting to move so that they can sell out a ballpark?
1: Well, I, here's the thing. You've got what I think it's the, the fifth largest market in the country in San Francisco. could be wrong. It could be fourth. Um, but if you put quality product out there, if you put a quality facility together um, and you're making money, then, then they should be able to get that done uh, within the city of Oakland. Um, and I think they've done more to alienate the fans. And, and the article that you're referencing spoke to that, uh, where you know they, they've tarped off uh, the upper deck, even when they were going to the playoffs, um, really upsetting fans there, making it difficult, the fan experience. When all the other teams in baseball are trying to enhance the fan experience, Oakland's going in the other direction. And and I don't want to reward lack of effort. And I can't see a team that's had more resources do less than, than Oakland lately as far as creating a fan experience and, and, a, and a fan base. And, and why do I want to do that? You don't think the Pittsburgh guys would kill to have the TV contract of the Oakland A's, to have that market and, 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 and do that. Oakland, you know, they've just squandered it. They had this this resource, and they've squandered it. They haven't done anything to, to improve that stadium, to improve that experience, and I don't want to reward them for it. <laughs>
2: I think they're doing it because they realize that, that... – the fans aren't going to come regardless. And in Oakland's defense, while while they definitely have mismanaged some things with that team, I ex I disagree with the article when they when they brought up the tarping of the uh, seats. I remember when Oakland did that, and the rationale w- when it happened was that they weren't selling out the ballpark, and those those empty seats. there's a seats all the way in center field, all the way at the top. Nobody's buying those seats anyways. When they decided to tarp them off. It was because it looked bad on TV to see all those empty seats, and it also creates a um, um, you know it's easier to have a sellout if you don't have as many seats. So that was why they did it. Now the uh, New York Times article claims that fans were upset. I, I don't see how you could rationally be upset when
1: nobody's buying those seats, anyways. You so know, I'm done with that, right? So why couldn't that? you give thousand tickets to the Boys Club of Oakland, Boys and Girls Club? And give them out and fill those seats up with kids who don't have a chance to come out to the ballpark. What a great PR opportunity! They decide to tarp them up. It's just another example of a team and an ownership that doesn't get it, in my opinion. They just don't get it.
2: Yeah, but you know, they they could give away six thousand tickets and still not have a
0: full statement. But you know, but you know what, winning heals all of that too, RJ. And 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 they just have not been been very good. And you know, the whole money ball thing while it got a lot of pub while they were doing all right, they got they just got rid of a lot of those teams a lot of those players as well. And you know, you, you the whole thing they they're playing in a dump of a ballpark and you would think they would do more at least with their history to try to bring fans back when they were the swinging A's. But you just don't see a whole lot of that. You know, you, you see the the mustard yellow uniforms, but that's about it. Okay,
2: so so give,
0: give me the verdict. Um,
2: should, yes or no? Should they be allowed to move to San Jose uh, at, at cost,
0: or should they be forced to stay in Oakland? Hank, <laughs> you know what? I I, well, what I think they, I I think they should stay in Oakland. I think they should stay in Oakland. I think they should build that ballpark right there in Oakland. I, I I'm 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 one to think that they can do right do fine right there. All right, Mike, what's your vote?
1: <laughs> my, my vote is. You know, you're like this. I I think they should move, but I think they're going to have to pay something to the Giants. They're going to have to pay some sort of royalty. You know, whether that's 20 million, whether that's 20 million every year for the next 10 years, I don't know. But uh, I think eventually there'll be some uh, reparations that are paid because, in the end, like I said before, them moving to San Jose is the best case scenario for baseball as a whole. And in the end, Seelig and the rest of the owners are going to realize that and make it happen but uh, the Giants are going to squawk
0: enough to get some
1: money out of it. And I, I, I think I'm convinced I agree with you, Mike. Um, let them move,
2: but they got to pay to play. Um, and, and, you know, that, that was actually recommended, and I think Oakland Oakland's uh, argument was that, hey, um, if we have to pay you to move, we're going to lose all our profits. And I say tough, tough luck. I mean, you've been trying to get out of Oakland for the longest if you really want it, and uh, San Francisco bargained for uh, the rights to San Jose, you got to pay up if you want them back. Yeah. And
0: if you really that to say, you shouldn't have given them away for free in the first place. Yeah, but they thought they were just going to rule that market when they, when they did it, though. That was before they had built uh, the ballpark right there in San Francisco. So they thought they had that market. They had a decent team, I believe, when they when they did that.
2: Yeah. Well, hey, pay, pay to play. So um, you know, all this ballpark talk got, got me to thinking. Um, uh, about, you know, all the ballparks that I've been to, and I know you guys are kind of stewards of the game as well, like to watch a lot of baseball. Uh, I want to throw it out to the crew to see uh, what, what's the fav- your favorite park that you have visited? It could be still standing. It could be one that was torn down. But, uh, Hank, what, what's your favorite baseball park that you've been to to watch a game?
0: Well, you know what? Um, I've been to a few of them. I've had a chance to, to, to go into uh, Fenway Park, Wrigley Field, um, Yankee Stadium, but you know uh, uh, the stadium in Toronto. But you know what? I'm nostalgic, brother. You know, I, I love Tiger Stadium. I love Tiger Stadium because you could be sitting in your living room, okay, don't have nothing to do, with fifteen with fifteen dollars in your pocket, go out there, sit in the bleachers, and watch a ball game. You know, and that was awesome to me. You know, so I always, I will always have a place in my heart for the old Tiger Stadium. Indeed, it was a great it was a great time. I think uh, I,
2: I've seen a lot of ball games there in my day. Mm-hmm. Um, how about a current park?
0: You, you have a favorite current park? Well, yeah, I do. Um, I, got, I got actually I got two. Okay, I got two. Uh, I had a chance to while I was in Dallas. I had a chance to see the park in Arlington. That that's that's something to see. That's a neat looking ballpark inside and out. It's got a really nice look to it. But the one I want to see, I haven't had a chance to see, is Camden Yards in 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 Baltimore. And the reason why I want to is because if you recall, Camden Yards was the first ballpark that they built to have that old school look, and I've never had a chance to get 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 to there and see it see it. So that's one that I really want to want to get to and watch a ball game man.
2: There's there's that Orioles butter again.
0: Yeah, well you know.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: it's, it's funny you mention. Uh, you mentioned uh, the ballpark at Arlington. Uh, I don't know if you, do you if you noticed, but when they were designing that park, the right yeah. field um, the right field stands were, oh, were okay. actually, uh, yeah, they were mirrored after the Tiger Stadium right field right. stands. So I remember that. It's funny you, <laughs> you mentioned both of those parks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike,
1: do you have a favorite ballpark? I, I do, and so you know, each, each fan's experience is different, and what they look to get out of the game, and And, uh, you know, my thing is I've got, you know, I've got kids, and uh, it's about the convenience of the stadium, Um, you know, easy to get in, easy to get out, great sight lines, uh, clean. Um, And and I kind of surprised myself when I thought about this because, you know, we all think of ourselves as as old school baseball fans in these old stadiums. Um, But my favorite is is Miller Park, to be honest with you. I think that stadium is fantastic. Uh, It is easy to get to. Easy to get it into the park, easy to get out of the park. Tons of room. It's a clean facility. They got the uh, retractable roof there. I think they do a fantastic job, and I just I enjoy going there. And to so your saying, Hank, to your point about affordability, uh, they got Euchre seats at Miller Park. So mm. every game they've got I think about uh, twenty five one dollar seats that are all wow. seats. <laughs> now I think you got to get there like the night before to get them, but uh, you can get a bleacher seat for ten bucks there, and. Uh, wow. So it, it it's a great experience. Now you're right. It's not old school feel. It's not like you're sitting in old Comiskey or something. But uh, you know, as we we follow on this target uh, topic, I you know I'll share my opinion on that. But I like Miller Park. Aren't you breaking some kind of code as a Reds fan? I go see the Reds there, and that's that's where <laughs> I'm closer. To, and that's where I'm closer to. So and and it's it's just a a tailgating experience and. And those of you who don't root for a team or don't go to a local park that has a tailgating presence, you're really missing out on something. Miller Park, just like Green Bay, the parking lot is full, absolutely full of grills going on, people having a great time. It's not L.A. If you're wearing a Giants jersey, you're not going to get end up in a coma. Um, it's just a great experience. And I would recommend it to anybody who hasn't been to Miller Park to show up there. Nice. Uh,
2: I'm going um, you know I, I love the nostalgia too uh, for me there is um, there was no experience like going to Yankee Stadium sitting sit in the outfield uh, and hearing, hearing the fans get after Maglio uh, while I'm watching the Tigers in Yankee Stadium nothing like it but uh, for me my favorite park to visit right now is uh, PNC Park in Pittsburgh I don't know if you guys have ever been there but I mean, this park has everything. If, uh, if 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 it's history that you like, they've got all the statues: Roberto Clemente, Willie Stargell. Um, they even have a a Negro League uh, walkway and museum where they have statues of the old Negro League players that that played in Pittsburgh or in the surrounding Pittsburgh area. They have a, uh, a like a fifteen minute Negro League film you can watch. I, I mean. As far as the history of the team and baseball in the area, they nailed it. Um, you know, the ambiance is awesome too. You've got you've got the uh, the bridge that everybody walks across to get to the game. Uh, you, you can't drive across the bridge, so everybody's walking across the bridge to get to the game. I mean, it's an awesome feeling. Uh, the park being in the Steel City has um, a whole steel motif. Um, similar to the, to the Pittsburgh Steelers Park, where everybody that's uh, in standing room only is uh, standing on these steel um, steel sculpt, uh, steel creations, and then you know just from just the view out in the outfield. I mean, you're looking at the bridge. You can see the water. You can see the city in, in the sight line from the outfield. I mean, I mean the ambiance is is awesome, and then. The other, the other aspect that I love about ballparks is the food I and mean, they, they've got <laughs> this is one of the <laughs> only parks I went to where where they had actual ticked, uh, actual wings uh similar to b w three they've got all these uh different wings you can have they've got the uh pittsburgh staple the uh Vermont brothers sandwiches i mean this ballpark is just a to pittsburgh a and, and it's it's an awesome park i i I had a great time there. I don't know if any of you guys have been there, but it's definitely worth checking out.
0: Sounds like a road trip.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm telling okay, you, it is missing made the one thing. It is missing one thing, and that's a baseball team. You know what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, right I
1: went when the
2: Tigers were playing, so I, they imported the, uh, my guy. So I, I went to see the Tigers. But yeah, I mean, it's a great road trip if you're going from Detroit. It's what four and a half hours. And you can definitely get a ticket. That that's not a problem.
1: <laughs>
2: but yeah, it, it's just an awesome park. Uh, you know, my my uh, my daughter got a kick out of you could you could actually send text um, to to their PR somebody or whatever, and your text would read across the screen. So the whole game, she's playing on the text, <laughs> waiting waiting for a message to come across the screen. It, it's a it's a great atmosphere, man. So it's definitely, I would definitely recommend checking out PNC Park. Now, uh, next next uh, next uh, ballpark topic, hey, kind of jumped the gun. I want to see uh, what park it is that you're dying to visit. Uh, Mike, do you have
1: a ballpark that's, that's on your bucket list that you can't wait to get to? I like the new parks, to be honest with you. I like them a lot. I'd like to see this one down in Miami. It looks like a trip. The one down in Arizona, um, I believe it's uh, uh, Chase Field. Could be wrong on that. Those names tend to change. Um, but all about it. the... We talked about this with Oakland, right, about the fan experience, about being really interactive, getting involved with the kids, making sure it's clean, making sure it's safe, making sure that it's not Comiskey Park, um, all those things. Um, And I think they're really doing a great job with it. And one of the things that I noticed, too, is that um, they're starting to move. The trend was to go right downtown with with the the newer ballparks and going retro. But I think when you give a little space to a ballpark, okay, and you can get into it, you can get out of it, you can really spread it out a little bit, it may not have that same curb appeal, but it ends up being a much, much better fan experience. And Oakland's finding that out, right, that, uh, you know, if people don't feel safe going to your ballpark, if it's not clean, if they don't feel entertained, they're not going to go. So I'd love to see the new one in Miami and uh, the one in Arizona.
2: Yeah, I've heard uh, nothing but great things about Arizona's parks. I- I've heard that they really embrace technology, and you can do practically anything from your seat there in Arizona. You can order food. I- I've heard that some seats, they that they-, they have like, iPads or something you can order things from. I- I- I've heard nothing but awesome things about that ballpark.
0: Yeah, uh, Hank, do you have any other parks you're, you're itching to get to outside of uh, Camden Yard? Oh yeah, I, I do. You know, I I would love since we was talking about Oakland and San Francisco, I would love to sit in right field in the Giants Stadium. You know, right there being right there in front of McCovey Cove. You know, I I, I said to myself while Barry Bonds was still playing, I was trying to break my neck to get out there. You know, just just to to be a part of that experience. It just it just looks like it's just so cool. You know, you got the big you got the big Coke bottle in left field and you got McCovey Cole behind you. That would be a fun and fan experience to me. I w I wanna get out there myself.
2: Definitely. And and for me, you know, I I like the new ballpark too. I'm definitely intrigued by uh by the Miami ballpark. I'd love to go down uh, they have the uh the Clevelander inside of the uh ballpark. I would love to go in and see Mike. Mike and his family shaking the tail feather. But uh i got to get to Fenway Park, and i I got to get there while they're playing the Yankees. I want to see a game between the Yankees and the Red Sox when both teams are on top in Fenway Park. I've been to Yankee Stadium, been to Wrigley Field. I've been to Fenway, but I have not seen a game at Fenway. So, for me, I want to get to Fenway when Fenway is Fenway, and that would be a Yankees-Red Sox game. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's it for me. Uh, how about uh, – Mike threw this one out on the on the email. Is there
1: a – what, what's the worst park you've been to, uh, Mike? <laughs> I, I, I got two. I got one on looks and one on experience. Uh, the, the one that I went to and I was just like, this place sucks, was uh, the Rogers Center up in Toronto. Uh, that place is not that old. But, man, you talk about a dark cavern. You talk about an ugly field. Um Toronto has a horrible ballpark ballpark and just 20 years ago it was cutting edge it did not hold up well uh they're dying for an open air stadium up there a retractable roof they need something like that cuz what they've got is is uh an uglier version of the Metrodome right now uh and I was I was really disappointed I was up there 2 years ago and uh just in the uh in the uh the bleachers and just dark dark I mean I You're walking down the concourse to to get to the next level, and it's dark, like alley dark back there. So that was on looks. But if you're talking about fan experience and going in there with kids, Wrigley Field is a horrible place to take your kids to go see a ball game. It's absolutely horrible. Uh, The proponents of drunks is tough. Um, Getting out, it's a complete fire hazard. If there's ever a fire at the main concourse of Wrigley Field, getting out, about 25,000 people would, would be victims. That's how bad it's laid out. I am not a fan of the old ballparks it's when it comes to fan experience. It just makes for it makes for a bad day. You, you took your family to Wrigley? I did. I did one time. You and literally it. the game got out. It took us over 35 minutes of just packed in like cattle in the main hallway trying to get out one of the doors.
0: <laughs> and it just, it <laughs> was, just
1: and Go
2: ahead.
1: No, you got it. Had your sons ever seen the uh, the trough-style bathrooms that they have? Oh, you know what? That, you know, that was something. I, I don't remember talking to him about that, but I remember going with my dad to Comiskey before they built the new one, and that was the first time I saw that, and I was maybe 10 or 11. <laughs> that was an experience, wasn't it? Yeah, you
2: got 10 guys lined up pissing in a in a ass <laughs> bathtub. <bathroom. laughs>
0: Sound like Joe Lewis.
1: Yeah, Man, it, it, I hate those kids. You know, when when and Wrigley's not cheap. Wrigley, you're spending fifty bucks a ticket normally, if not higher, to come out there and really have bad seats, <laughs> bad concessions, overcrowded park, not big enough bathrooms, horrible parking, um and and you know, unless you live there, man, that's not a great thing. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, um
2: Theo Theo um Steel Epstein's out there. He's trying to uh, keep Wrigley Wrigley, but but do some new things, well, similar to what he did at Fenway Park, adding the bleacher seats uh, on top of the monster, um, ma- making it a better experience. But so it'll be interesting to see what they can do with Wrigley. But uh, yes, yeah, something's got to
0: give. Hey, what, what's the worst ballpark you've been to? I've, you know what, uh, you guys, there must be something with Chicago ballparks. Cause I went, to, I went to New Comiskey a few years ago, and, I, and, and and that seat that we had got got the tickets for free. That seat was so high I could see my house from Michigan in there. I don't remember <laughs> seeing the ball game. We were so far up. I would, I swear I had a nosebleed and my ears popped. I don't understand why you would make ball uh, seats that high for baseball. I'm like, what the hell was they thinking about? I, that was a terrible fan experience for me. It took me two it took me uh, two hours just to get out the stadium after the game.
2: Yeah, I uh, I take every uh, opportunity I can to bash the White Sox when I've been to that park, and mm. it, it's like a saucer. It's like it's, it's like all the seats go straight up. Yeah. There's no
0: arch. It's just straight up in the air. I don't know what they were thinking when they built that thing. They were trying to—I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's you know, that definitely was, horrible
1: because they fought to get that right next. So that sits adjacent to the old Comiskey Park, and they were both up at the same time. And, and it was in the it was built after Camden Yards, I believe, or maybe it was the last one built before Camden. And uh, as soon as it went up, and then they heard about Camden's design, the entire city of Chicago just kicked itself. They thought that they had an opportunity to really just set the trend, and uh, it's been a mistake since it was built. It never mm-hmm. got good.
2: Yeah, White Sox fans are already clamoring for a new stadium. And it's funny, you, you actually took my, my worst stadium as well, Hank. I cannot stand uh, New Comiskey Park. No, it's terrible.
0: <laughs> I think it left right. like so, up to the fifth inning. Fifth inning. <laughs> wow. You traveled all the way to Chicago and left early, huh? You know what? I figured uh, Rush Street was probably a little bit more exciting. <laughs> it <laughs> oh, probably man, was. Look.
1: <laughs> that's not a good place to be after dark if you want to keep your wallet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> nothing, nothing like uh, Giordano's on Rush Street. No, that's nice because I work like two blocks away from there. Oh, really? Do you? Yeah, I work uh, on Clark right off of LaSalle. So, right downtown.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: How about a block I away love from Giordano. Well,
2: let's, um, we got about. Five minutes left, fellas. Uh, let's let's wrap it up, as we always do, with our series of the week. It's a uh, dreaded interleague play coming up. Uh, I don't know how you fellas feel about interleague play, but I despise it. Um, do, do you have a series of the week this week, Mike?
1: I do, absolutely. I've been thinking about it all week. Um, no, I haven't. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to go with <laughs> the Cardinals and the Dodgers. Uh, I want to see what the, if the Dodgers pitching can hold up. St. Louis has been in, in quite a swoon lately, and I'm very happy about that. I'd like to see that continue, um, and hopefully the Dodgers can keep it rolling while Kemp is off, at least for the next three days. That's going to be a good one. I think that's also uh,
2: the Sunday night game of the week, so if you don't have the MLB package, definitely look out for St. Louis and the Dodgers on ESPN Sunday night. Um, hey, what's your series of the week? Well, you know, it's interleague. Inter-
0: inter- hey, we've yeah, he got to keep, we gotta keep the butter turning, of course. You know, it's interleague <laughs> inter- play coming up in Washington. is playing Baltimore, the, the the Beltway Series. Of course, <laughs> we're going to go with both teams, you know, one team in first place, the other team's a little bit out. Let's see what happens. It would have been a little bit better series if, uh, if uh, Washington had a catcher. However, it's going to be one to watch. What are you going to
2: do when the Orioles start losing again? I'm
0: going back to the Dodgers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man,
2: that's funny. Um, You know, I'm definitely going to be watching uh, the Cardinals and the Dodgers. But uh, my series of the week is Atlanta and Tampa Bay. Although I hate interleague play, um, that's definitely going to be a series to watch. You've got two division leaders. Two teams that can definitely be in the playoffs at the end of the year. Um, I think it's going to be a good one, and these are two teams that ordinarily, you know, a lot of people wouldn't sit down to watch. So I think it'll be good to check out two two fresh new teams that I don't get to see a lot. You know, well, I do watch Tampa Bay quite a bit, but Atlanta, I don't watch them too much. So I'm eager to see what Jason Hayward, what Chipper Jones, and all those guys can do. So, along with the Dodgers and the Cardinals, that are, hey, that's what I'll be checking out. And uh, while we got a couple minutes left, uh, let let me uh, let me freestyle a little bit. Mike, are you a fan of interleague play? Yes or no? No. (laughs) Quick and to the point. How about you, Hank? No, not really.
0: All right. So, so what do we got to do to fix it? Is the uh, answer just do away with it altogether? They're not going to do away with it. You know that. So like, we're just going to have to, like, tough it out or just come up with a way of making it a little bit more fan-friendly. It, 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 it's run its course. It,
1: it has. Yeah, what's that, Mike? I said one of the things that that doesn't get talked about is it really kills the All-Star game. Because these teams play the whole year long. It used to be the All-Star team was, man, American League versus National, let's go. And, uh, there's no uh, there's no glamour to that anymore, no shine, and I think interleague play has taken that away.
2: Yeah, it kills the intrigue for the All Star game It kills the intrigue for for, for the uh, for the World Series in a sense. I mean, you know, you 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 used to wait all year to see uh, Pedro Martinez in the Red Sox pitch against um, your favorite hitter in the National League, and now you see that in All Star game or in interleague play, and you're like you're not excited for the All Star game, so definitely not a fan I, I definitely would wish they would blow that whole thing up but, but like hank said it's not happening so that's it this week for uh inside the park please tune in next week we're going to try to keep it innovative new and fresh for you any uh episodes that you may have missed do check us out on itunes uh just go in there and search real sports guys and you'll see the inside the park shows you also see our brothers uh that do the Tuesday show, so do check those guys out as well. And, uh, we'll see you next week. Peace.